You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, and we're going to read uh, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. I want to talk to you this morning about hide and seek. Hide and seek. I don't, I don't know if you, I'm sure you did. You played that. Uh, I, I noticed as I spent time with my grandkids um, this week, the games have kind of changed a little bit. It's, it's no longer cops and robbers. I'm trying to figure out um, Mario and Luigi or something. Luigi, or whatever his name is. As long as it's not Lugi. I try to figure out the, the new things that are happening. I'm not quite up to date on all those things. But what's interesting is it may not be exactly called hide-and-seek, but that seems to have been kept through the test of time. And if you're knowledgeable about Bampy and his grandkids, that's me and them, we have this little thing that I continually chase them and get them with what they know as the claw. And um, Corver, he doesn't want me to get him with the claw, but the rest, it's a big game. And they run and they hide in all different places in the house. And uh, obviously it's for me to chase them and find them and catch them and get them with the claw. And It's this hide and seek back and forth. It's always me finding them. And they're always hiding in, I mean, they're hiding in closets and under beds and it's it's continual. Uh, they, They think it's great. 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, I have to take a break. It's, they're, they're still ready to go. They love this hide-and-seek. I grew up, we played it, you know, 45, 50 years ago. Same deal. It was, it was outside those times, most of the time. You know, hiding in the hayloft and hiding in the attic of the barn and hiding in in, in all different aspects of outside, and it was, um, 
you know, you count to so much and, and people look for you for so long and if they can't find you, it's, it, they give up and it start again. And this has, this has kind of held the test of time, this hide and seek, hide and seek. I don't know if that became anything that was valuable for you. Obviously, it was for me as a child, and it still is for me as Bampy. Still is. I don't know how long the kids will enjoy doing that. I have no idea, but I'm going to enjoy every minute while it still happens. David had many hiding places during his years of running from King Saul. One by one, each in turn was discovered and overturned by Saul and his soldiers. One time, David ran to Samuel, and the old prophet couldn't protect him. And so Saul followed David wherever he went. David hid in the wilderness of, 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 of Ziph or Ziph. But the Ziphites betrayed his location to Saul. They let him know where David was hiding. Isn't that just the worst when someone says where your hiding place is? Kids have a tendency when you can't find them, they help you find the one that you can't find. That's just the worst when your hiding place is revealed by people who betray the location. David thought that he might uh, find a little town of Keilah, which he had been saved uh, 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 this uh, Philistine siege. And David, uh, uh, he, he takes up residence there, and Saul marches on into Keilah. And, and again, David is, is delivered up to Saul. He escapes. He, his hiding place is revealed. You, you see it also uh, with Ziglag, and Ziglag is destroyed, and David again is on the run. It's like this continual game of hide and seek. And then all of a sudden, you find a couple instances where David comes up, and Saul doesn't even know he's there. Takes his water bottle, takes an, another time a little piece of his garment, repents of both of those things. But this game of going back and forth, and let me tell you, it's not that Saul's trying to catch David with the claw. <laughs> He's trying to kill him. That's, that's a quite a different game of hide-and-seek. And it's out of those instances that we have this chapter. One thing, David said, have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The word beauty there means goodness. I'm going to get to see the goodness of God by being in the house of God. You say, well, how is it possible to come to the house of God and, and, and hide? Oh, it's not that you can't be seen physically, but there's something about being in God's house that hides you from what is trying to destroy you. Hide and seek. See, the chapter starts, it starts this way. 
in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. That's how the chapter starts. David says, listen, there's a lot of things that is out to destroy my life. There's a lot of things that would like to see me stumble and fall. There's a lot of things that would like to take me down. But I've got a salvation. I've got a security. I've got an assurance. I've got something that I can trust in, hope in, put my trust in this morning. And that is to be in the house of the Lord. Let me tell you, I am so thankful. I am so thankful that we were blessed to have online. I have the statistics. I don't have them with me this morning, but at our, at our meetings in, in, in St. Louis just a couple weeks ago, they gave us statistics of the amount of churches that are now online in comparison to what were before the pandemic. And the increase is uh, 50, 60% more churches now are online than what were before. And so I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful that we were blessed at Mission Point to have that technology in advance. And God helped us have that in place. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for it. We went through months of not being able to be in the house of the Lord, yet we were able to still have church, preach to an empty building, and you sit at home in whatever way, uh, at, at least to be able to enjoy church. And I'm thankful for that. But let me tell you this morning, none of that compares to being able to come and to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And to feel his presence the way that we have this morning as songs were being sung and worship was being given and the powerful presence of God uh, was being uh, fi or filling this room uh, and you raised your hands in adoration and you lifted your voice in song uh, and you gave your thanksgiving to the Lord. Uh, that's what David was saying. One thing uh, have I desired of the Lord uh, and that will I seek after that I may dwell uh, in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He said that in John chapter 8 verse 12. And before light was ever created, sun, moon, stars, before any of that was ever created, he was the light. He was the light of the world before there was any light. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Before that was, he was the light. What's interesting to know is that when we go to spend eternity with him, again, there will be no moon, 
sun, stars necessary. Because he is the light. It's not a coincidence that he was the light before creation and he'll be the light after. And so when David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? He's saying, I'm trusting in what was here before everything else. And I'm trusting in what will remain after everything else is gone. What have I to be afraid of, David said, when I've got the light of salvation available to me? See, David, uh, we can... We can go through his life. I can't take the time this morning to go through all of it. But if you stop and think about it, he, you know, we, we think of him as this little boy. We get pictures of this little boy. And, you know, David, David was a, a strong young man. He, he's handling Goliath's spear and sword. When he takes his sword to cut off his head, Okay, this is, this is not some little feat. The sword that Goliath used was, was not just a, a little pocket knife. <laughs> this was more than what a grown man would use. David had incredible strength physically and obviously through the Lord. I, I, I've never tackled a lion or a bear. And um, David said, these sheep are mine, and you're not having any. Well, you know, I got a hundred. What's, what's one if I just run for my life? As long as I can outrun that little lamb. <laughs> no, that's not what David did. No, he did the opposite. He said, no, that's my sheep, <laughs> and that's not going to be yours. And through physical strength, and through the strength of the Lord, he overcome a lion and a bear. It gave him confidence to go up against a nine-foot man. Okay, we all, people get all excited today about basketball players that are seven, seven, one, seven, two. I mean, they're the highlight. I mean, they're, I mean, they may not even be able to play, but they're that tall. We'll, we'll take a chance. We'll just pass them the ball, let them stand underneath the net, and hopefully they can put it in. I mean, that's, that's, you got people thinking that way today. Oh, this, he's seven foot two. Let's take a chance on him. We have no idea if he can dribble, run. As long as he can stand there, we'll pass him the ball, and he can put it in the net. Okay, that's a mentality. Goliath was nine feet tall. Can you imagine him on a basketball team? Just take the other three guys, four guys off the court and just give him the ball. David is coming up against Goliath, who is, I mean, Saul was head and shoulders. Can you imagine Goliath? David could have played hide-and-seek in his armpit. He had this physical strength. He had this ability. He had this trust and faith in God. And he writes the psalm and says, whom shall I fear? What is that? What do you mean, whom shall I fear? Not a lion, not a bear, and sure not Goliath. I've got my light in salvation. I, I, I've got my hope in something 
that was here before. I've got my hope in something that's going to remain afterward. Whom shall I fear, he said. God is the strength of our lives, our whole lives. No part of your life this morning should be separated from God in any part because when you got God, you've got no one to fear. He boldly said, whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? My heart, he said, shall not fear. In this, he said, I will be confident. That's all in Psalm 27. How could David, surrounded by the enemies of animals, the enemy of Goliath, be so confident? Well, it just started with what I read to you. God was his light, his salvation, his strength. David didn't have anything to be afraid of because he already had tested and proven that God would see him through. And that's the setting that you have for when he writes verse 4. I like how he starts it. One thing have I desired. Now, we're in a, we're in a, a world, folks, that people are not satisfied by anything. I mean, it doesn't matter how much stuff some people have. It doesn't matter how fast certain things happen. It doesn't matter how much money they have in the bank. It doesn't matter how well things are. It still feels like there are individuals that are not satisfied. But David made this statement. One thing have I desired. One thing. What that says is there's nothing more important than this one thing. There's nothing greater today than this one thing. There's nothing on my schedule that takes precedent over this one thing. Not my job, not my family, not my career, not my finance, not anything that's happening, not the weather, not anyone else that's here or not here, not where I live, not what family I come from. None of those things interfere with the one thing. The one thing, David said, that I have desired of the Lord. Huh. You ever ask someone for something? They said they were going to do it, and they didn't do it. Don't look, don't look like beside you or anything. The hope that it was going to get done, it didn't get done. Someone asked for something, and they said they were going to do it a certain way, and that's not how they did it. You ask someone to take care of it this way, and, and this time period, and they felt it was better their way and on their timeline. You ever, you ever have all those things happen to you? Yeah. You're dealing with people. That's, that's the way it is with people. I'm confident that I've disappointed people in the past. And for that, I'm feeling a little bit bad. But when it comes to the Lord, David said, 
there's one thing that I have desired, and it's not of you. Everything that you need this morning will not be, it will not be provided, it will not be enough from the people around you. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That's what I'm going to seek after. Hear me this morning. There's a lot of things after your time, your energy, your talents. There's a lot of things that would love to have your attention. But there's only one thing this morning that God desires for you to have and to seek after. And that is to be in his presence, the house of the Lord. That's where David felt the safest. That's where no surprises came to him. That's the place that he had an absolute confidence that everything was going to be okay. That's where David knew no matter what I face around the corner tomorrow. Can you imagine going to bed thinking that you have to battle a lion tomorrow? I'm just bringing bread and cheese to my brothers. Who's this giant that's defying the armies of the living God? Nobody's doing anything about it. Can you imagine? David being told by his dad, hey, David, I just, I just want you to take a few things to your brothers. See how they're doing. Check, the, check it out. Just a little visit. Come right back. And while he steps onto the battlefield, he, heard, he hears this cry, send me at a man. Send me at a man. No, no one's rising to the challenge. What? God's people. This is God's people. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're, we're, we're stepping back. We're hiding behind. We're cowarding be back. What, what, what's, Saul, you got no one that'll do it. Where, where's my brothers? They've been taught different than this. What, what is it? No one's stepping forward? Let me take a little trip to the brook. I'll, I'll, I'll come to the challenge. What is it? David had no idea what was going to happen the next day. All he knew is he had one thing that he desired of the Lord. And that was, is what he would seek after, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's where his safety was. When he stepped onto the battlefield, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That wasn't something that he just created that day. It wasn't just something that came out of the blue. No, it's from Psalm 27. This one thing have I desired of the Lord. Sometimes we get so caught up in what's happening around us, we miss the beauty, the goodness of being in God's presence. There's a place called the Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel has thousands 
and thousands of visitors go through this chapel on a regular basis. It's one of the most beautiful things that has ever been built in the world. And as visitors go through this chapel, there are guards on duty around the clock. They're absolutely always watching every visitor that comes through. You and I would walk into that chapel and we would take one view up and see the incredible beauty on the roof, the ceiling, the walls. And you would be tempted without question, as I would be, to get out your camera, your phone, secretly video. What's interesting is all those guards do is make sure that nobody takes pictures. They're constantly on guard for anyone that is in the building not to take pictures. Isn't it interesting to you that the guard's focus is on no one taking pictures instead of the beauty of the building? They have been around it for so long that they have lost the importance of why people even come. They come to view the beauty of the Sistine Chapel. Could it be that we have been around for so long that we walk into God's presence, into His house, and sometimes forget the whole idea of why we are here and yet uh, someone for the very first time walks into God's presence and, and there's an awe and there's a reverence uh, and there's a, a, a filling up of, oh, I, I, cannot, uh, I cannot grasp what I feel. I can't grasp what I am sensing right now in God's presence. Uh, and all of a sudden, just the first time in God's presence, they're ministered to. And people who have been around for a long, long time don't take pictures. Don't get caught up. Stay on track. Keep moving. You're just passing through. Stay in line. Don't push. Don't litter. Okay, let's keep, keep our feet clean here. You know this? And miss the one thing that matters. Mm. Oh, it's just a simple illustration of the Sistine Chapel. But that illustration can happen to us as Pentecostals that we become so immune, 
so immune to Sundays and Wednesdays and Fridays and events and the house of God and walking through. And, and it's great to see all the people and it's good to be together. And, and I'm thankful for all that. But one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, it's your presence. It's what I felt in song this morning. As I entered into your, into your presence, there was a worship that arose in our hearts and in our minds. It didn't matter who else was here. There was one thing that I was desiring this morning, and that was to be with you. Music, come. I weigh more notes than time. David said in verse 5, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. You're in a game this morning of hide and seek. The enemy is after you with more than just a claw. It's even greater than it was with Saul and David. Saul was trying to kill David, but that wouldn't have ended it for David. He just would have passed on to where God was taking him. But the enemy this morning is trying to devour and destroy your soul distract you from what's important occupy you with the things of this life fill up your time with things that don't matter the enemy is loving every moment that people stay away from the house of God that God's not a priority he's only when it's necessary and when it's convenient And yet, the scripture says this morning that in every time of trouble, he'll hide you in his pavilion and in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide you. He will set you upon a rock, a secure place. A secureness to your life, your spirituality, your walk with Him, your prayer life, your study time. Yeah, a secureness of being in God's presence, uh, relying on Him, trusting Him, putting your hope in Him, trusting in Him. In His presence, in His house, that's where He wants you to dwell. Because when you're there, he can hide you from the enemy. And he can't, the enemy can't find you.
It's only when we're on the outside, when we become isolated, when we think we can do it by ourselves, when we rely on our own strength, our own abilities, uh, our own talents, when we rely uh, only on what we can do, we become vulnerable to what the enemy's devices are. David wrote at the end of that chapter, and I wish I had time to go through my notes with you, but at the end of that chapter, he says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Again, I say, wait on the Lord. Think of that. Think of that in the game of hide and seek. Oh, we play the game, and we're anticipating someone finding us. and It's a little different when you're in this life and the enemy's trying to destroy your soul and you have the confidence that he'll never find you. Wow. I'm just going to wait right here on the Lord. I'm just going to spend time right here. This is where I know I'm safe. I'll never be found here. I'll never be at risk here. I'll never be on the losing end here. I'll never be devoured here. And my life will never be destroyed here. No matter what comes against me, I won't lose here. I'm going to be on the winning team here. I'm just going to wait on the Lord. Be of good courage this morning. Let yourself be strengthened. Hallelujah. By hiding in his pavilion. Hiding in his tabernacle. Can I have a church full of people this morning that's got one desire. And that's to be in the house of the Lord. That I may dwell in his house all the days of my life. Mm. kind of on this vein last Sunday Wednesday kind of on this vein right now everything that's happening in the world around you is pointing to disaster disaster absolute disaster I just read a few highlights just in the last day just in the last day what is taking place in Ukraine and the threat that no one better step up and help Taiwan and the threat of missiles being sent from North Korea It's incredible. You say, well, I I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to. That's okay. That doesn't change the fact that it's still happening. And if you're one of those people that that depresses you, that's okay. You don't have to watch. You don't have to read it. All I'm saying is we're on the verge of needing safety and a good place to hide and making sure we're in his tabernacle and in his pavilion and your courage and your strength better be in the Lord this morning because this game of hide and seek you want to make sure God's the one hiding you today one thing have I desired stand if you would Mm. 
I feel it in my spirit today. I feel it in my spirit this morning. Hallelujah. A church full of people watching online, listening in the house of God that says, you know what? I'm just going to plant myself right in his presence. I'm going to make sure I'm right in his hand. I'm going to allow him to cover me. I'm going to allow him to hide me. I'm going to find my safety and my assurance in him this morning. Everything else around you in this life will let you down. People will disappoint you. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your government. Pray for the people in charge. Pray for all those people. But don't put your trust in them. No, no, no. Only put your trust in the one thing that you desire this morning. And that is to be in the presence of your God. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.